Do you believe in your business and want it to grow quicker? Make more sales, scale the business? <laughs> yeah, me too. I just love helping women in business and I want your business to be the best it can possibly be. You can expect truthful accounts of the highs and lows of business, struggles, traumas, epic highlights and priceless moments. I'll be sharing how this busy mum scaled a business from a local class in a village hall to 60 franchisees internationally. So let's get started. I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Today I am joined by the wonderful Lucy Sheridan. Lucy Sheridan is known as the comparison coach and I'm so excited to chat with her today. Hello Lucy. Hi Charlie, thanks for having me. Here I am. Yeah, Lucy, tell everybody what it is that you do. Well, I'm a professional golden retriever owner now. Uh, I know, <laughs> it's part of my LinkedIn profile. Uh, so, well, it's quite a case of it does what it says on the tin in that um, I'm a coach and all my work is centered on helping people stop comparing themselves, stop comparing to other people, stop comparing to who they were their past selves and stop comparing to who they think they should be there's kind of three different elements to it and everything I do from the school talks to my um private work is all centered on that I'll wrap it all up I do it all <laughs> and is this something that you have had yourself is that how you recognize that it was a problem Yes, I compared myself from a very young age. Like I'm talking like, I can vividly remember comparing myself being four or five years old, like at school and um, then going on from there, like how my body developed, whether I was dating or not, how my studies were going. I had a really, really good view of where I ranked in any group, no matter whether that was true or not. It was a compulsion almost of mine. And then when I got to my um, late 20s, I went to my school reunion, which was actually a really fun day itself, a really fun day. It was what happened after that was no bueno not fun <laughs> and um I really spiraled out of control with comparison and I was experiencing some anxious feelings anyway because I wasn't particularly happy in my job at that time but didn't really feel like I had anywhere to go or didn't know what to do and to kind of come out of the um have the weekend at the reunion and then on Monday wake up in this complete Las Vegas of comparisons I've added so many people on social media was the beginning of a very long and intense downward spiral and it was at one point I did kind of hit the bottom uh, one afternoon and I can remember I was fully dressed um, in bed on a Saturday afternoon how depressing um, and I and I remember just thinking this has got to stop this has got to end I've got to do something different even if I just buy something to do with my time I've got to do something different so I started to try and solve the puzzle if I can think and feel myself into this intense and toxic comparison habit could I think and feel myself out of it? Um, and that's where it sort of started and where, sorry, that's on my dogs. Um, so what that meant was, you know, the the book, the book aisle in, you know, the supermarket or um, in Waterstones self-help department. Then I would get into the odd TED talk, find a few motivational videos on YouTube. Um, and yet I still had a thirst for more, more understanding, more healing, more information about the why behind it so that I could use that information and that then led me to more formal study 
Um, and that brings us to uh, coming up to nine years this October, which, as we record live, is but a few months away. Wow, amazing. And so actually, um, you know, my experience of comparing myself to others, I feel like has very much come from social media and the fact that, and and I'll say actually being a mum was when it really became apparent to me. Um, But actually nine years ago, we were on social media a lot less than we are now. So Are you finding that this is a problem that's getting worse and worse for people? Well, yes, because I used to say we were in the awkward toddler phase of social media. Now I think we're in the moody teenager phase of social media. That metaphor just kind of continues to evolve. So, yeah, if we think about it like, you know, Instagram 10 years ago was a couple of years old and it was terrible filters and pictures posted in the moment, immediately, like, you know, live almost. Things, obviously, we know where things went there. And I think social media has absolutely exacerbated our natural Mm. tendency to compare. Um, And if we're not careful, it can absolutely eat us up, absolutely eat us up. So I don't think it's necessarily a case of just unfollowing or just hiding the stuff that triggers you because it will get you somehow. But I think it's certainly if we if we are as mindful about picking up our phones as we are about turning on the radio when we're cooking or turning on Netflix to catch up with a couple of shows or whatever it is, even that shift into I am conscious that I'm opening an app. I am yeah. conscious now that I am looking at a timeline. I'm conscious that I'm now my attention is here. My my attention was on my plan. My attention was on my goals. My attention was on the accounting. I keep promising that paperwork, I keep promising my accountant, whatever. But now it's here. I think if we can be conscious and mindful and be in choice around it, that can have a really powerful effect around shifting our relationship with social media. Mm-hmm. But it requires us to participate in it. We have to, we have to really wake up to how natural and automatic and sleepwalking the experience can be and you know we we can see something on social media and perhaps in the moment just they're they're like oh I wish I was doing that and then what that can lead to is you know to use the word spiral again it can lead to us starting to doubt our own capabilities our own ideas by the time lunchtime's over it's being careful of the chain reaction that can happen Mm. not just about the moment in itself and that's why it's more complex than just don't look just ignore them it's okay that is all completely unhelpful platitudes we can't actually do anything with which is why I try and deconstruct it a bit more yeah it's, it's really interesting actually because I had a moment yesterday yeah. this has just triggered this moment for me um which I'll share because I think it's relevant um I don't know if you've seen because obviously your daughter's a lot younger he's not yeah school yet but this is this is my son's first summer off school and you'll see this thing going around social media you get 18 summers with your child so make each one count oh, my, that is crushing in its pressure I mean that is that's crushing in itself but so yesterday was the first day of the summer holidays and I had a nightmare um I'd organized for us to go and do this gruffalo hunt he didn't want to go wouldn't put his shoes on wants to sit on the iPad all day you know and I'm like we are (laughs) 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 and you know afterwards you just I was sat there thinking Jesus I don't I want the summer holidays to be over already today was really hard um you know and there's all this pressure and all these curated pictures and reels and 
we know in a day with a child, you have magical moments and you have magical meltdowns in all days. So yes, there's some people on Instagram who are capturing and sharing those really nice moments. They're not necessarily showing you all of the moments. No, they're definitely not because I what I show on social media is real, is happening, but it's not everything. No. That's also because it's like, there's too much there's too much to share really but no that is such an important thing to recognize and remember is that often what people are capturing is almost like it's there as a photo diary for them so of course we all get to see it as well but they're posting it so they can come back to it not just so that we can see yeah um, and which is each and all of our rights to do that but it is so important to really ground ourselves into this just one aspect of that day of course there were other things that were going on just like there are for us as well mm. I think we forget that just like we don't show everything excuse me other people don't as well we're all allowed to play by those same rules yeah and do you feel like it's mainly females who have this comparisonitis or do you see the, the same in men like a lot of my work is with females so I see it all the time with females but do you think men compare themselves as much as females? I would say there probably is a bias to women only because um just through my work having worked with all sorts of people I think that we are subject to it a lot more mm. and I think that it is part of how we rank and file ourselves and compete ourselves against each other as we kind of grow up and then that translates into our later years as well I do think as well whether it's a nature nurture or um other explainer I suppose you could say that there are just different attitudes so I might see I might see a bit of information like god what does that say about me whereas someone else sees it and you just oh that's just information it just they brush it off so you know when I think about my brother for example my brother just sees life as one big Pinterest board in that not that he's he's a very positive lovely fun person he's not happy-go-lucky like he lives in the real world but he will see information or hear something about a pal and it's like oh great well-deserved promotion know how hard you work or someone gets an award and it's like fantastic recognition or someone's getting engaged it's like oh what a happy you know a happy occurrence whereas I find that comparison, you know, certainly I, this is what I still have my work to do on because this is the big, the big thing is how, what am I making this mean about me? What someone else is posting? What am I making this mean about me? Where someone else would have a completely different um, interpretation of that. So I do think um, women tend to be pretty introspective and, and that are, you know, emotionally connected and also will have been around comparison a lot more because of who we've who we've grown up around how they've spoken about themselves and then how that pervades in school and how that also then can come into the currency of relationships and you know there, there can be cultures of cultures of gossip cultures of sharing information and that information is passed to us and then we rank ourselves against it or we unpick it and work out you know making all these judgments about what am I making this information mean about me you know that they are amazing and I'm not or even I've got more going on than they have and they haven't that kind of thing yeah and so if someone is listening to this and thinking Lucy Sheridan you are my soul sister I needed <laughs> to hear this today where do they start where do you start not comparing yourself I remember when I was in my 20s I used to compare myself every single day to, to people exhausting. around me exhausting 
at the starting point is a really big part of it in that you have to decide you, that you want to heal it, that you want to dissolve it. Because comparison, as much as it is horrible and it can have a really toxic effect in our lives, our relationship with ourselves, relationship with other people, relationship with our goals, I could go on and on. It gives us something because it keeps us safe. And it's like a warm bath. It's like, well, why? if I get out into the discomfort of what I have to do differently or what this is saying about me, what it's saying about my shadow, what this is saying about the parts of myself I'm really uncomfortable with, I can stay in comparison because I know where I am. And it's unpleasant, it's toxic. My capacity for it's huge. I can, you know, be very resilient here. It's when I go out, I go out of, step out of the comparison and I have to take full responsibility. Like that's when the real work can start. But that said, when you realize that you you don't want to do it anymore, you, that you can see the difference it would make in your life if you didn't do it, that is just so powerful. And I'd also say a really important next step too is once we've realized this isn't working for me, I'm open to change, I'm open to this being different, I'm open to having my attention back, my judgment back, my ideas back, my momentum back. I have all that, so I'm not wasting on comparison. What's also then really powerful is to realize it's not about having to like love and obsess over the person that's triggered your comparison or be friends with them or anything like that. It's also, it doesn't mean you can't be friends with them. Where we really want to get to is, nah, that's it. Like that really is the, the pinnacle of not comparing is when you just don't care either way. Mm. When someone passes your timeline and you're like, oh my goodness, I used to seek them out. You know, if I go in my search, if I go in my search window now and like, would I see their name pop up? Oh, you're looking at this person? Like, yes, I am. <laughs> me. <laughs> Social media. Um, but when you realise you haven't just checked in on them or you are completely unaffected by what they are saying and that it just lands as information rather than anything that has to mean anything about you. Um, so I think that's the second important step is to know that it's not about loving or striving to be best mates with the person that's triggered you. It's about making enough peace with yourself that you treat what they're doing as just information. And then a practical, um, on the practical side of things, I'm saying when you're feeling comparison, don't necessarily reach for the unfollow, reaching for the mute, reaching for the just don't look. What I would say is allow yourself to Fill your body with oxygen, lots of deep breaths when the trigger comes in, because it is a charging moment. It's like, I don't know if I describe when I'm compa in comparison, I can feel my cortisol levels rising. I can feel emotion, my fight or flight instinct even kind of kicks in there. The very physical reaction. So what we want to do is take lots of big, deep belly breaths and just acknowledge we're having the, the, the reaction that's there. And even saying to ourselves in our head, I, I recognize I'm comparing at the moment. I recognize I'm comparing just like around 12 30 you're like I recognize I'm quite hungry now I should probably have lunch it's like I recognize I'm comparing now this is a moment that's passing it's a sensation I'm feeling it's not me it's something I'm feeling here and what that allows us to do is then take perhaps the next step so this would be the fourth step is to think okay so so what so what is this revealing to me so if I was to have honesty and compassion with myself in this moment What's my next right move from here? What is it? Because if this is telling me that I also need to get a holiday, then like, what, what are my funds looking like? Where can I book? Who can I get away with? Where can I take myself to rest and recharge? If this is telling me that I actually do have much a bigger appetite for business growth, that I, I do really want to join that, you know, one milli club or whatever it is. I, I really do really want that. And I need to love myself enough to allow myself to accept that. Then what's my next move 
And why those two things are important, as in honouring the comparison, breathing through it and letting it go, is that you can get to the clarity of the answer to the next question, which is what's really going on here? What is this telling me? If we just unfollow, just mute, just go and do something else, just pretend, just don't look, what happens is all those feelings, they accumulate and they accumulate and they accumulate. And one day you will have an outburst and it will completely knock you over. And it might be, it's a case of those accumulations start to lead to a really like negative thought chatter in your head. And then you go to push the door and start pulling it. And you're like, I can't even open a door. You know, <laughs> how can I possibly be an online entrepreneur if I can't even open a door? How can I possibly do this course or teach the thing if I can't open a door? All those things sort of spiral very unhealthily. Or it can be a bit more insidious in that you just start to doubt yourself a little bit more. You see only separation in your community, in your network, in your industry. You start to see things as us and them. You start to see them and me, people like them and people like me. And that is an absolute dream killer. It's a mm. dream killer. It's an action killer. It's a, it's a momentum killer. We are, of course, all different. But I truly, truly, truly believe anyone that is making great strides is showing us what's possible. And, you know, we have to answer our puzzle to get there, if indeed we want to. This is, this is so interesting to me. So if, you know, not to turn this into a coaching session with Charlie. <laughs> I know it, babe. <laughs> which is also doubling up as a podcast. Um, when I, so I, I am quite a competitive person. Mm. And my husband is also quite a competitive person and we're both in sales it's very numbers driven there's often a leaderboard so sort of is driven to compare yourself to others you know how are my sales doing against that person's sales and when I first came into this online space I felt like I was an outsider looking in mm. and I looked on all of these hugely inspirational people yourself being one of them like Lucy Sheridan's on my on my podcast what has happened guys a hilarious Charlie <laughs> seriously though well I'll get on to that in a second but you know I, I really felt like I was I was an outsider looking in and then because of various things that happened I felt I was invited into that circle and it was absolutely amazing to be rather than inspired by it from a distance mm. inspired by it but I'm a part of it mm. and just listening to you right then I was thinking to myself because I do sometimes think am I too competitive just like chill out a bit calm down like go with my intuition um because I, I I think I have fallen into that that trap of like, oh, what's that sales coach doing? Who's ahead of me? Who's behind me? That sort of a thing. But then I think, well, would I have got here had I not? Well, and that's it. And I think if we take it back to what's motivating it, is it I want to keep up or is it I want to be the best I can be? And I've been lucky enough to get to know you better and better over the course of this year. I truly believe that you use that information to spur you on, not mm. to grind anyone else down, to leave anyone in your dust. You are in your own lane. And there's nothing wrong with being competitive. There's nothing wrong with being ambitious. Mm. Just qualities of our yeah. personality. Some of us will identify and rev more than others. Some of us will have a different vibe, but that doesn't make you not intuitive. Intuition is acting on something 
you know, out of trust where maybe all the data isn't there, but it leads you to take action anyway. I believe you are very connected. You are very intu intuitive. Intuition is things like messages that come in clearly and quietly. So my intuition speaks in, do this, email this person. And then it like comes in and goes and it's full. It's completely fully formed. Like a, it will be like a, a course or an idea or a service will download into my brain and my heart a bit like um a a bit like something will download off the internet like it will literally download that that's intuitive that's being open that's not being able to explain everything not all the data isn't all there but knowing what to do having a feeling of what's the next right step i think you've got intuition by the boatload and you also have a special you have special skills to quote Liam Neeson from, <laughs> you know, I think what's the it taken, um, the, which means that you are dexterous around numbers. You can interpret numbers. You can share people's meaning and they mean things to you. They, it, they indicate things to you mm -hmm. as well. And that's part of your personality and that absolutely works for you. And it may not be someone else's and they might compare themselves to you in that way. Their puzzle is to work out, well, how can they be as them as you are Charlie? because it's whenever a comparison comes up it's I was saying this to um someone yesterday it's comparison comes up when we're not there so let me explain that when I'm not in my body when I'm not in my lane when I'm not in my decisions when I'm not in faith with myself when I'm not here I'm literally clicking my fingers I'm not here I'll compare and when I compare it feels like the flying monkeys in the wizard of Oz absolutely wild and noisy completely untamable there how am I supposed to like even you know pay my phone bill let alone actually make strategic moves for my business when that's happening it's because I'm not there when I call my attention back and my focus back and I'm loving to myself and, and I have to like do a lot of self-soothing because all of us that are entrepreneurs will know you will self-resource absolutely every effing thing first you know but if I can be there really there in that moment I cut off all the oxygen to comparison all of it so that's why when I'm kind of saying what are the steps to do it I wish it was a case of turn that off and turn that on and if you just look behind the washing machine there it is it's not it's not it's it's deep inner work and all the rewards are there there will always be a little bit more to do there and how do you know that you're doing really well that you're not you know not comparing when you are really in your lane is that there might still be times when you compare but you'll find that they are um very spread out and they kind of flare up and then go so I used to live in like the fog of comparison it was horrible but now my comparison spikes are just that they're occasional they flare up and they are horrible and intense a bit like you know treading on lego or stepping on a plug when you when you weren't like in the dark when you should have had your slippers on and um, so I can feel it out oh horrible don't like this but it will then dissipate afterwards and so big part of being our own lane and being who we are is accepting all the parts of ourselves that we think might be judged that we you know when we when we say like, I'm competitive oh what does that say about me but mm -hmm. it says you love what you do and anyone that spends 60 seconds in your company can sense you love what you do because you absolutely radiate it Charlie you radiate it that's why people like rush to get in the room with you or when you buy me on your podcast I was like yes or when like and I was like can I give you my phone number can we go <laughs> I was like yes you know because you've got that lovely energy and that's the the big assignment is to keep being you you how if, if what you whatever helps you play to your strengths is your truth 
and it may not work for you it may not work for another person um but all you can do is really play to your strengths i'm i'm very ambitious i'm competitive i want to have an edge that's what I want people to think. What What's Lucy doing? Oh, that's interesting. Or, oh, she's done it again. I want that too. And I'm going to say this out loud so that if you want that and you're listening, you get to say it too. Mm. It's not about being a bit of a show off or being greedy. Yeah. It's like, I don't have a choice about it. Thank God I am ambitious because I financially support my family. So if I was sitting on my ass hoping to get round to something, we'd be F-U-C-K-E-D'd. <laughs> <laughs> frankly <laughs> yeah and I think to be honest you know I am competitive at work and, and in this capacity but you know if I was doing an egg and spoon race with my friends okay. yeah. you, you know I, I'm less competitive we went to yeah. um life-size monopoly you know some people are like really getting into it and I'm thinking it doesn't really matter if we don't get part claimed you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like just chill yeah and that's it isn't it it's like it's where it shows up and how it's placed yeah because it's not about like it's it's not about having to be above anyone else it's about being your very best now sometimes a lot of the time that's going to mean top five leaderboard sometimes it means that you'll might brush top 100 the point is we're always always working on our edge and how we get that edge and how we keep it I know for me my edge comes from when I have a bit of time and I do really well in surges of power surges of ideas surges of launches um surges of activity surges of ideas so I do well on a surge you won't find me necessarily consistent 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 my line would look very different because I know that about myself I play to that as a strength I also know one of my big strengths in business um, in life but definitely in business is to respond so rather than for me to initiate and create and convince or persuade someone of look over here it's do you feel like this? Because I think I could help you. And whenever I'm not in that energy, my sales, fa- not fail, mm. but my sales, you know, they're not as good as they could be. Yeah. And so I always bring myself back to like, am I responding here? Is this responsive enough? Is this relevant enough? Because that's where my edge is. That's what I know people, I wouldn't say looks at a bit grander, so people look to me to respond. No, they do not. What I'm saying is in my market, you will find what I'm selling is a very, very, very tightly relevant yeah. and a response. It will resonate hard. And do you feel like when you get to this point where you don't compare, you can be your true self? Because I don't think I've ever met anybody who's more like you just ooze your own personality and everything <laughs> that you say is just so like wholesome and I don't know if it's because I'm a northerner as well I just (laughs) love it do you feel like that has come with that change I would say so and also I expect and accept I will compare myself and even and part of me having the job title I do is I hold myself to do as much as possible to stop comparing altogether because it very rarely leads to anything positive but part of me keeping my edge is to keep striving for it and to know that there is probably not going to necessarily be an end point but there will be more tools more empathy more understanding more effectiveness that can come from the work that I hope to keep building and building I think part of like me trying to accept myself as much as possible too is not to be resigned to that well this is me but like well this is me 
so what are my strengths and I'm not the most kind of structured person like you know you and I have a mutual um business friend Lisa Johnson Lisa Johnson is very streamlined like there's just absolutely there's everything is a lovely straight edge it feels like and that's Mm. real and that is designed and the excellence really kind of comes through from that it's not unusual that my client might be like um are you gonna send me that oh gosh sorry Wendy love yes sorry that's me because it's (laughs) me and I'm not calamity Jane absolutely not but I am me and I know what works really well in my business and I have had to do a lot of work on that and made some pretty expensive mistakes in the kind of run up to getting that. But mm. all in all, I have done a lot of work on the parts of myself I don't like. And, you know, in this more spiritual world, we might call that shadow work. So, and that sounds like all oh, quite ghoulish, doesn't it? But I promise you it's not. Ultimately, it comes from the work of, um, you know, Freud and Jung and the kind of the people that kind of set up kind of psychotherapy. But basically, our shadow side is the side that we might hide from the world. It's the side that we don't necessarily want to see. It's the things that we think are really unlikable about ourselves. It's the things that we, if we opened a paper or saw on Facebook, someone had written a post about the things that like give us, the hoogie floogies the most that's what they would write about so for mine art I'm a show off um I am not clever enough I'm a flake um what are the parts of my shadow I'm jealous I'm a gossip I can't get behind certain people because I'm bitter and these are all stories these are all parts of my shadow but it's all part we are all the colors of the rainbow mm. so they're the dirty underbelly parts that I have just promise myself to love and accept about myself and keep wanting to improve and keep wanting to always be the best me I can be but that does allow me to be fairly consistent in how I am whether that is you know pitching to a big brand or waiting my turn in the line at the pub it's I would hope people would find me consistent and that also lets me off the hook a lot I don't have to be a certain person or be a certain way or dress a certain way or speak a certain way or look a certain way to make my way Mm. because I can if I as long as I just keep being me and accept that I am you know perfectly flawed like everybody else is then it will be all right the minute we step out of that then it's tricky because like well what role am I playing today and that's where things get onto really rocky ground. I don't want to do that. And I also don't want to, you know, I hope I see this in you, Charlie, and I'm sure those of us listening as well, we were probably, if, if I would say to you, are you here for the long game? I bet everybody listening would say, well, yeah, I am actually. I don't want just a quick fix and this is all over. I, don't, I won't listen to this podcast after a year. I would hope we'd all want to be here for the long game and that's why it's so important we just keep being ourselves because if you do of course seek advice of course be around people that inspire you but make sure you put it through the filter of your own autonomy yeah not because that person's wrong or it's not worth taking their advice but if you aren't making decisions from that feels right for me and this is what I want then it's like you don't know what mask to wear next and that's exhausting and that's you know you can't really come back from that you know that's when things really tumble down I feel like this is a good segue into the story that I was going to launch into yeah, about, <laughs> about when we met because and my audience know that I, I am probably more calamity Jane than I should be <laughs> but I literally start so I've only been in this space since 2020 and I think you were you know one of the first people that I 
you know, when I'm talking about this crowd that I was looking outside into, I followed you right from the beginning of, of this journey. And um, I was just always amazed because it took me a while because going from the job that I had to, to this, yeah. it's a bit of a weird thing to show up on camera, on Instagram stories and be like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? And you just did it. You, I mean, you do it so well and it's engaging. It's fun to listen to. And so, you know, as life goes, two years later, who am I flying on a private jet with? <laughs> yes, you heard that right. Private jet. But Lucy I'm Sheridan. I'm so that, by the way. I still absolutely nearly, you know, I, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm being coherent because I'm still not over it. <laughs> she can't even she can't even talk about the jet yet I cannot even um and so myself and Zoe Lisa's ops manager was sitting around the table and she said uh, we were waiting in a hotel and she said Lucy Sheridan's just checking in and I was like you know just just be myself just be myself it's gonna be fine (laughs) and then I stood up to hug Lucy I dropped my wine over Zoe as only Charlie would. I've actually forgotten that. I that was my first impression. But I just remember walking up and there's those big smiles. And because I didn't know anyone either. No. And you know, I don't think I would certainly hope that, like, you know, I don't think we'd ever want to be promoting putting anyone on a pedestal. But I've made no yeah. secret that I really have a lot of time and admiration for Lisa, mm. Lisa Johnson. And um, I was kind of, I didn't really, like, I knew Lisa, but I was going to hang out with her and her husband all day if no one wanted to talk to me. So the fact that everyone was just such a vibe, everyone was such a vibe that day. And it was yeah. such an exciting exciting day and just was such a joy to meet you like we just spoke just chewed each other's ear off the whole time didn't we yeah yeah and it was I I felt like I'd known you forever and that's probably because you are who you are (laughs) on Instagram and in real life so where I've been following you for two years I just slotted in and was like oh yeah (laughs) funny (laughs) oh my goodness and I absolutely loved that day as you know I'm very strategy I'm very numbers oriented but I'm very curious about the woo and I do like I do let myself explore it and you and Nikki Gundy who I had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago just had a bit of a bit of magic on the front of a boat (laughs) and I think it will stay with me forever but talk to people just quickly about that element and how much you know your your woo side has got you where you are today well I would say you know we all have to believe in something so what I'm not you know what I'll share here and I will share very openly but I'm not presenting any of this as the fact I'm sharing I'm presenting these as my beliefs and you know I would respect someone else's so I hope people would respect mine but I'm not asking anyone to take them on but I I genuinely believe there's more going on than we can see and I do believe that we can work with the forces of the universe and people might you know know that as manifestation and I've been really interested in that and a magic really for you know getting on for 10 years now and so in terms of how we can use it for me you know it boils down to a mindset of possibility for me it boils down to a trust that unexpected things happen all the time and why wouldn't that happen for me and I you know we'll try and move the needle on it you know through some pretty good affirmations and you know tapping and you know visualization etc um but you know it's 
that sort of habit of like building belief has just worked it's just worked really really well for me and especially with that and like feeling connected with nature where I live it's just a really big part of my life because I genuinely believe there are all sorts of energies and powers and influences that are available to us at any given moment and how we want to use those is completely our choice but I would be lost without mine I'm sitting next to um a tarot deck and an oracle card right now like literally not very good audio sorry I'll have to just not great not a great podcast she holds up she holds up cards to the camera holds up the cards yeah so I'm literally sitting next to those now and I have like palisades I've got crystals around me like in my um space on there and there's my tarot and my witchcraft book and it's just part of my it's just part of my daily uh life my daily practice and it helps me feel robust and it helps me feel positive for some people it's having an ice bath or going for a run you know as we as entrepreneurs have to like I said what have to self-resource so much every day we have to say to the world whether it's in our Facebook group or in our emails or we're emailing a journalist or we're on social media or LinkedIn whatever every day we have to say to the world look at me which is completely counterintuitive feels completely wrong because a lot of us have been brought up to just fit in or stay there or can you just calm down can you just can we do that later and yet here we are having to say look at me look at me look at me and this spiritual practice that I have makes me feel um connected it makes me feel like magic is possible and it gives me the courage to say look at me so like I say for some people it's an ice bath and for others it's a run and for other people it's a cup of coffee or you know journaling some your favorite motivational quotes or um meditation it could be anything as long as you've got something you'll go all the way I really really do believe that and this is this is one of mine I have always said you know if you look for sales you'll find them (laughs) and I've always also said that I'm not woo but actually the more I learn about it it's like well if you look for anything you'll find it Oh, completely, completely. And and that's it. And so, you know, as we record this, we're going, we're going to be going into a pretty choppy time across all markets. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. So I would, and um, I've already saying to myself, I'm not participating in any downward terms, I'm not participating. I might see the graphs on the news. I might hear other people, but I'm not participating. I'm not doing it. And that's not to say that I'm going to bypass truth or facts. But like you say, you know, you kind of look for what's not happening or you can look for what is happening. And if you look at what's not happening, you look at your sales. And I had this conversation with you recently, um, Charlie, where I was like, I just want to like tip all the my toys out of my toy box, just start from scratch and just put them all back in again in a way that feels good. And so, you know, I've had definitely some tricky time sales wise over the last six months for all sorts of reasons but that isn't my sign to stop this isn't like and then low 2022 came and Lucy Sheridan went back to work in x industry this is not this is not the sign it's all over but it is a sign to like eyes open wide awake mm. not forget the plan but put the plan to, is the plan relevant now is it going to drive sales now is it going to grow your business authentically now in a way that feels safe and fun as well but now is not the time to be looking for all the reasons why it's not going to work out. Now is not the time to be adding yourself to the case studies of people that you perceive to be failing. Yes, things can be a bit crunchy. And yes, you know, people are all experiencing a lot. It can feel pretty turbulent at the moment. What I'm doing is what's easy and fun. Mm. 
because okay it might mean that I'm not gonna do that big 100 grand launch at xyz okay fine I'll make 100 grand some other way I don't work for anyone else so what I can do is go and make more money in a different way I don't have to go to a department or pitch to someone about an idea and then hope it gets signed off by the CEO that's me you know, I don't have to go and ask permission to go and research something or try something different. Like, that's me. I get to try. And I have to stay really close to that autonomy as well, which is why I set up my business like it is too. Like, I am at what you might call a company of one. If you've read, I think that's the book I've referenced before with you, Charlie. Mm. Company of One by Paul Jarvis. And it's this idea of it's not bigger is better. It's better is better. So I work with a tight group of experts, partners, suppliers, you know, whatever easy language you want to attach to that, that um, on longer term contracts, you know, or, or for bigger projects. But what works really well for me is everyone having their own autonomy, but we us working on my projects together and forward. And I, you know, I'm, and make sure that in this climate, that you do feel like you've got loads of flex there. Do people know that you might, the people you work with, they know you might have new ideas and they might need things turned around a bit quickly. Are they prepared for that? Can they flex for that as well? Because if they can, you'll both go all the way. You know, like the, the handbrake is off here. There is no handbrake. And it's kind of like, if you're not holding it, you've got to hold the F on right now. Hold on. Stay it's going to be a ride. No, it's going to be a ride. It's going to be anecdote central this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I honestly believe as well um, how often do I say I honestly believe there's so much I honestly believe you <laughs> see um, so <laughs> what what I know to be true yes. is the more fun you have the more money you make anyway absolutely because people can feel they can feel mm -hmm. it happening and in the entrepreneurial space no matter what um what industry you're in or what vertical in that people want to be part of something and the more fun that you're having, even if that's a gentle optimism in your tone, you don't have to be going out there smashing the air or going here, going there, being important, being exact. It's not even about me to force anything. Excuse me, people will be drawn to your natural energy. So, you know, introverts bring a, breathe a sigh of relief. It's not about being the most seen. Visibility is, of course, important. It's not about being the most seen or the most exciting or being the sexiest in the industry or the most controversial. People are drawn to a gentle optimism. Mm. There's a fit for everyone out there. We know that to be true. Yes, I know that to be true. <laughs> um, Lucy, I end all of my podcasts in exactly the same way. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Who inspires you, Lucy? Uh, do you know, at the risk of sounding, I think the word is sycophantic, but I haven't got a dictionary close by to um, look at that. But I would say I'm really inspired by Lisa Johnson. I know that she is an outlier in terms of like this incredible anomaly in the, in the world. But I just think she is such a babe. I think it's hilarious how she loves the chicken nugget and chips. And <laughs> um, equally, I love how she stands for something. I have been through being, you know, a partner of hers and a client of hers I've seen how who she is and how she runs her business and as much as we are very very different and there's there are lots of things that like I'll never want to do <laughs> even though Lisa does them but there are lots of things I do it too but I would say Lisa really inspires me consistently okay so my next question is have you got a book that you would recommend 
Oh, I love The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And I'm really sorry that you've listened to a podcast about books before and I've been on it and I've said that book. I won't apologise for it, though. The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It is, on the surface, like a business mindset book. But um, I go back to it. Now, truth be told, I've not listened to it or read it in about 18 months or so. But I before that period I would consistently go back to it every six to eight months and it would it would be like hearing it for the first time because you're interpreting the information and the principles that are in the book through what you've done and who you are right now and there's always more to uncover mm. so I'm not kind of do I'm not ruining any of the um, book by saying that one of the concepts of it is unpicking fear of success and actually how it's a number of things that get in our way to get where we want to go with that kind of like the inner game that's there um but also around upper limit problems ulps ulps upper limit problems and about how if we can recognize that we are circling that that's often the next layer the next level is ahead of that so yeah the big leap by gay hendrix i love that one i love that book too i should go and listen to it again actually because i love it yeah yeah um it's a good one And finally, what is a piece of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? Well, I suppose it'd be reinforcing one of the things from our conversation, which is remember your own autonomy. You know, when what's so fantastic is that there really is the most, you know, overflowing buffet of fantastic advice, inspiration, program systems, frameworks to learn that can unlock sales and unlock, you know, the leader in you, unlock the money that's available to you, unlock all sorts of things for you. But remember to put it through your filter of autonomy. Remember, if it is against what you know your strengths are, should you be doing it? And I don't care if you pay 10 grand for someone to tell you what it is. You're, you know, that is, it's money well spent if it shows you what you shouldn't do as much as what you should do. So I think that's so important. I think this is especially true in the coaching and wellbeing space. If you'll forgive me just speaking with that bias at the moment, because it can be such a personality led industry that people think, oh, well, if they're doing it and they've shown me their screenshots, I should do that too. That's not to say they're not giving fantastic advice and what they're teaching is sound, but is it right for who you are, where your business is at the moment, where it has the capacity to be and and where you want to see it go? Mm. Because of course, some people, let's say the people are like evergreen, 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 fantastic. And yeah, if you don't necessarily love systems and complexity and spending long time building things that's going to take you out of your business where you could be making lots of sales however if you are techie and enjoy those intricacies and enjoy the study of longer projects that's going to be a fantastic use of your time but you're not wrong for not wanting to to not seeing that's an opportunity if it's not an opportunity for you Mm. I think that's really important I I imagine myself with like a big sieve she holds her hand and everything everything has to go through my sieve I I'm getting that is a I really I'm going to use that analogy I am I, I've just got there the hard way mm-hmm. I uh, have had a certain business model and now I realize that I was pursuing the wrong one so I'm I'm making some changes and part of what's felt so difficult about those changes is at the back of my head, I'm like, I kind of didn't, didn't know this was going to happen. Did I just look at that? Like one of my pips, um, you know, has a certain service and I, you know, really idolized them over the years, watched their brand evolve, et cetera. 
And this part of me like, well, if I take that off, am I not like them? It's like, no, it's never been about that. It's about, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how inspiring someone is. You can't eat their inspiration. <laughs> you can't pay your mortgage from that. Like, yeah. like say, put it through the sieve. Even if someone's been going longer than you, even if they've got amazing like screenshots of bank accounts, if it's not going to work for you and who you are and what your plans are for your business, you have to just like let the sparkly, let the sparkly, you know, thing just pass you by. So I I am actually doing this at the moment. So again, to turn it into a coaching call for Charlie. Oh, I relate a lot. This helps me because my book's coming out on the sixth of September, and you know you see online entrepreneurs putting their book to Kindle ninety nine p to get the Amazon in the Amazon bestseller, and I was like, I I don't want to do that. I I don't want to do that. I want to go straight to print, and it's like, well then you might not be an Amazon bestseller. And I'm like, well, I think that's okay. If I'm not an Amazon bestseller, but the people who want to buy it have actually bought my book rather than me just saying to all my friends, oh, you wouldn't just download this for 99p. I know you're never going to read it and you're not interested in the slightest, but just spend 99p on me to get me. No, I didn't know that you could play the algorithm and get your podcast in the top 50 podcasts for business. And mine ended up in there. I hadn't pay, played the algorithm and it felt freaking awesome because I was actually in there because oh people had listened. Really? And so I think, well, maybe there's a chance that my book would be a bestseller without me tricking the algorithm. And isn't that magic to be in the, wouldn't it be fun if? Mm. Rather than what do I yeah. have to say? What do I, like, how do I game the system? How, how, mm. how? Wouldn't it be fun if? And Actually, this does bring me to a great bit of advice that Ruthie, who helps me with my social media, said to me, which just might help um, anyone listening to is um, stop trying to trick people into seeing your content. But just yeah. you, you mentioning algorithms. Yeah, 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 yeah. So true. Remember that me remembering that. Stop trying to trick people into seeing content. So you have a great idea. You think you've got five minutes before the kids get home. You could just make a quick reel or a TikTok or a LinkedIn post, audio, whatever it is. But because it's three o'clock on a Tuesday, or because it's quarter to eight and you know you're about to pay for the parking, you don't post it. So it doesn't get any reach at all. Nobody sees it at all. And because no one sees it, it means when you it's not reinforced and you post something else, which means, which means, which means the algorithm exists across all different platforms. We've got to stop trying to trick people into seeing our content. And if it means we have to have more lower performing posts, fine. So be it. Then so be it. Exactly. Yeah. Lucy Sheridan, you are a little <laughs> bit of magic. I am so honoured that you came on my podcast. Oh, Please. Charlie, I've loved it, babe. Tell all my listeners where they can find you if they want to follow your goodness. Well, I would say the best place is probably on the gram. And you can find me at Lucy Sheridan. Um, if you don't like the countryside or golden retrievers, it's not going to be optimum content for you, but hopefully I'll sprinkle some of the gold in there as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. I will pop the link to that in the show notes so you can go and follow Lucy. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Pleasure, Charlie. See you soon. Bye.